Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Design Intervention Podcast, a fashion and design podcast hosted by two design professionals. Hi, I'm Susan. And I'm Nicole. In this episode, we are going to discuss how to find the time and stay consistent writing your design blog. What we have learned along the way, we will share with you what works for us and the actionable steps to take to become successful at what you do. Yes. So this is a great topic considering the fact that we have taken a minute to (laughs) podcast because life has happened. So we kind of took a break, but it segues into this discussion of how to find the time. So whether it's how to find the time to podcast, in our situation, we're going to talk about how to find the time to blog. So both Susan and I are in different situations. I'm from home and I was off pretty much during the summer as far as I had the time during the day to blog, but then now I'm teaching again. So I have that, which I'm fitting in my blogging with the teaching and Susan talk about your situation. Right. So I think what, what you're trying to say here is that, <laughs> that you spend your, you know, your day job is essentially blogging. Yes. Is writing your blog, uh, maintaining your blog. Yes. Uh, making sure that you do everything you know, it's, it's a full-time job, right? Whereas I am still working in the design field and I'm essentially working nine to five. Some days I'm commuting into the city. My time is limited for my blog post. So sometimes I'll wake up early at 5.30 a.m. I, I may get an hour in before I have to start my work day. Sometimes I don't get it in the morning. I'll come home and then I will do it, uh, you know, till nine, 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come home um, and eat something and then I'll sit and at my computer and work on there. And days that you're home, it's easier than the days that you have to commute. Of course, you know, like, like I've said before that once you take the commute time out and, you know, my commute can be up to an hour and 15 each way, that's Mm -hmm. two and a half hours Mm -hmm. of time, just commuting that doesn't go to work. It doesn't go to the blog post. It just is time lost. And having to physically be someplace. Mm -hmm. So there's two days, usually I work two days from home, but I still have to do my job. So it's not like I'm, you know, but I can then work on my blog post till 9am and then just go right into work. So, you know, I don't have that commute time. Um, And I think that what we wanted to discuss here is we both have two different situations, like you just said. So And basically giving a little bit of a picture of what each one of our situations look like. So for me, I tend to blog seven days a week if possible. And whether that's rewriting and reposting, which is basically taking old content and maintaining it and re uh, updating it and making sure all the links are working for any affiliate links. And then I also do new content. Obviously, new content takes much longer than doing the rewriting and the updating and the maintenance. Right. But I think both are just as important once you get to a certain point. Yes. I think a year later, which is where we're both at at this point, then rewriting and repurposing content actually helps because when you're trying to write consistently every single day with new content, it's a lot of work. Right. So I think that the rewriting and reposting definitely helps that situation. So typically I try to work between the hours of nine and six. I try to give myself a break in between at lunchtime. So that could be anywhere from like 12, 31 o'clock. I'll try to take a break. That could be for an hour or so. But I really had to set myself on a schedule because it's hard when you're working from home that 
my husband, I have to constantly explain to him, if I was working in the city, you wouldn't be walking into the room having conversations right. with me. Right. If I was working at a coffee shop, which eventually the goal is to become the coffee shop blogger <laughs> with my laptop and get out of the house. But if I was at the coffee shop, again, you wouldn't be able to just come in and interrupt me because as creatives, you'll we know that every time you're interrupted, your thought and whatever flow you're in gets interrupted and you kind of are sidetracked. So that is one of the things that constantly is a struggle. And I really try to schedule the time and then force myself to stop. Because the other thing with working from home is that you have to force yourself to end the day because otherwise it's like a black hole, right? You just keep going. It'll be nine o'clock at night and I'm still on the computer. Right. So, and that for me is a daily struggle to force myself to stop. Well, so for you, you have to set those boundaries. Yes. Whereas I have to kind of push my boundaries because I have to almost do almost like a second job. And so I think that we both have our struggles, whereas you have to stay consistent on doing this nine to five or nine to six or even nine to seven. Whereas I have to find, you know, those boundaries to say, okay, I've just worked an eight hour day and I've commuted, but now I have to get back on my computer, switch gears. And now, um, be creative in another way. Um, However, I think part of what the message here was, was, is how to be successful at it was that we are consistent, no matter what we are consistent at it. Whereas you may work five to seven days a week. I, again, five to seven days every day. It might, you know, I might just do an hour a day and on the weekends, I might do eight hours, Mm -hmm. um, on a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, but as long as I even do an hour on a Monday or a Tuesday, I feel like I have successfully done what I've needed to do because I'm working full time. And you also set a goal for yourself to post at least what, two to three times a week? Yes. Yes. So part of your consistency is was aware I'm trying to post every single day because I'm just a little bit psychotic like that. <laughs> and sometimes I try to give myself grace, but you set a more realistic goal, especially because you're working of two to three days. Post, right. And listen, I, I, you know, they also suggest once you've reached that goal of a hundred posts mm-hmm. that at that point you should go into the maintenance mode. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Nicole had said the rewrite and repost. So the two to three times I may post a week, one may be of new content mm-hmm. and one or two may be a rewrite and repost from a year ago right. um, because your links expire, they, things get sold mm-hmm. out. Uh you know, things change that you need to update a year later. We've learned so much and I might the format, just the format, right. Had your structure of the blog needed to now be adjusted to what you've learned. Cause obviously a year later, you learned so much more about your H2 and your keyword and your headings and your titles that all of that. They matter. Yeah. (laughs) I I read my first post, you know, after a hundred, I'm like, okay, Nicole, I'm going to take this. And uh, first post I ever did, I'm going to do a rewrite and repost. And I called Nicole and I'm like, Nicole, this is ridiculous. What I thought was a good post a year ago, but a year later, you know, and again, that, that consistency of writing all the time, it's, it's like anything you learn and you learn and you learn, and then you understand more a year later. So I think for anybody that's starting out or, or doing a blog, listen, you you have to, you have to start somewhere. Right. 
And only by starting somewhere a year later, you can then go back and, and fix things, you right. know, things, everything is fixable. Yes. And you know? having a year under your belt, now you can look at those old posts. Now you have analytics to see your tracking, to see what your top 10 are, to really now target those top 10, to do more content that's similar to what people are finding you for. And you just can now build out. Cause when I first started blogging, I have to say, I didn't understand the concept of how do you do a content calendar, but a year later, because I have so much content and a lot of the content that you did a year ago is still relevant, but now you just need to update it and fix it so that people can find it. So I think that it just is part of the most important thing is taking action and staying consistent. Right. And what would you say? So I have my own like distractions or struggles, but what are some of the things that were an issue for as far as distracting you and how, what did you do to help? Oh goodness. Really? You really want to know? Because it'll be, I think it would help people because I feel (laughs) like if you found a way to solve it, like I know, So just to give an example, my biggest struggle because I'm working on the computer is the distraction of being on the computer and social media. And Mm. I literally had to take Facebook and I am down to one Instagram account. I don't have the other Instagrams on my phone. I follow like a hundred people who are doing what I want to do or what I want to achieve or just positive messages and where I'm trying to stay in my mindset. And those are the only people that I see on my Instagram feed. So there's a lot less noise and I'm not checking it as much. And I'm really very intentional with who I'm following. So that was one of the steps that I took was to delete all social media from my phone. And really I have to force myself not to check Facebook. Well, you know, it's so funny you said it because right away what came to my mind was TikTok. Yeah. So that is, <laughs> so the apps you can go down a rabbit hole. Oh, it's it's and you can spend an hour scrolling on your phone. And so that hour that you've spent mm-hmm. on mindless whatever. Because you forget why you even went to the right. app to begin with. Well, so the reason I say that is, you know, my daughter who has been helpful in certain uh po- you know, because I do a lot of DIY, a lot of apparel, she really comes into play. She's a college student and she's been really uh, been my model or, or I've, I've done things with her. And so she really helped because at 19, she's able to, you know, they, they take their phones and they edit and, and shoot video in, in like, it's so fluid for them. And for me, I'm like archaic. However, so she helped me with a few TikTok videos to really help support my blog post. And I saw that I really got some great views. So I went under the guise that, oh, let me just check my analytics. But no, you're not really, you you checked it for a millisecond and then you're down that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and you're viewing everybody else's stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about that consistency about really focusing in on what's important and, and, and do that, it's also your perseverance. You have to persevere Mm -hmm. through a lot of this stuff to really you know, just continue to do what you do. And I think in the beginning, the beginning as well, you do one post and you're like, oh, what is this one post going to matter? Who's going to really see it? Uh, You know, I'm not going to make money doing this. I'm not, nobody's really seeing me, but day one, day two, day 100, day 300 Mm -hmm. year, you know, now we're both going into our second year for the, our specific blog posts. And I see the traction starting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have yes. you, and you've seen the traction yes. start. So 
my ultimate goal, and we'll have a different podcast on this, but is to get ads. And I have Google ads, but I'm trying to get into Mediavine because that's the ultimate goal of, I think, most bloggers. And in order for that, you need to have 50,000 sessions. So I'm about 18,000 sessions at this point, a year out. So I am trying to really post and get as much content out as possible so that I can get the ads on. Right. So, right. So what is our, our favorite saying to each other? This is not a race. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a marathon. marathon. And that's the thing, because as you're blogging, you're not seeing a lot of traction in the beginning. And then you'll start to see if you're looking at your analytics, where it starts to peak up and things that you posted are starting now to get seen. And then you'll have one or two out of those (laughs) hundred that become your rock star and your golden ticket. And I think each of us have had that. Right. And at this point, a year later, it's kind of almost like an aha moment where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, so this is what resonates. Yeah. And this is what I need to move into or focus on. And then it's, you know, really setting the intention to focus on those things that that work for are you. working. Right. And, and it's different for everybody. Right. So what's working for you is completely different from what's working for me. And I think that it's important to realize that when people are trying to sell you things online of a formula, there is no formula because mm. everybody's doing something differently. And right. what becomes strong for you is not going to be the same as what works for me. Right. And I think that's what's part of really important in this discussion is you wouldn't have known what worked for you. And I wouldn't have known what worked for me by doing one or two posts. Mm-hmm. It was only after consistently writing every mm-hmm. day, every week, every month to then see your analytics and then to see where your traction went and to see what, what posts resonated with your audience. Mm-hmm. And then only then can you see in a whole what works than to go down that path. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always say I, I do a lot of DIY, a lot of different, you know, upcycle and recycle, but what works for me, and I think that'll be a different podcast of, mm-hmm. and we'll discuss that. Um, maybe that would be a good next one. Like what worked for you, what worked mm-hmm. for, for me. However, now I have a better, I have more information in front of me mm-hmm. to know now which way I'm going to direct my design block towards. Yes. And I think that once you are a year in and you can start analyzing what is working, now you can plan how you're going to move forward and you can really start to plan out. The other thing I want to mention talking about planning Mm -hmm. is that I have found that the night before I need to write down what my intention is for the next day because I heard this from Jesse Itzler, who's married to Sarah Blakely. (laughs) And literally he says that we can't just wing it. And it's so true because you can't just wake up, especially when you're working from home and you have no one pressuring you and no one giving you deadlines. You can't just say, oh, what am I going to do today? No, you need to, the night before, write down what your intention is for the next day and what your plan is and what your post. Or sometimes... I have three ideas for a post. And then in the morning you get to choose. Yeah. Whatever one speaks to me, that's the one I go with, but at least I have an idea that, yeah. an outline that the next day I'm not just waking up like, Oh, what am I going to do today? Right. I kind of have, (laughs) (laughs) I think you're a lot better at that than I am. And maybe in, 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 
Well, it's only because of the whole entire probably six to eight months that I literally would wake up the next day and be like, what am I going to write about today? So did you feel like you came across that where you had a moment every day where you're like, okay, what do I do now? Right. So for you, then it worked mm -hmm. for the night before Mm -hmm. to try to give an outline of an idea. And I just recently learned that. Okay. Now I'm just recently doing that where the night before I have to force myself because you're tired when you're going to go to bed. Right. But the night before I write down what I'm planning on blogging about the next day, whether it's a rewrite or I'll have a list of like three that I maybe want to rewrite. I'll have a list of um, two ideas or three ideas. And then that next morning when I wake up, at least it's a little bit more fine tuned than Mm -hmm. just this whole open world of options of what I'm going to blog about. And I think it's also important to, to just remember, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about consistency and to persevere and all of that. Um, you know, over this summer, I, I had a, a family event that really sidetracked me. Um, and for a couple of weeks, I had to kind of stop doing a lot of stuff that I was doing. Um, and I think it's really important to understand that to be kind to yourself, like to, mm-hmm. yes, we want to be consistent. We want to persevere, but if something happens that sidetracks you, get, get back on there. And so for me, I had limited time. So I would use the limited time, mm-hmm. even more limited from, from working. So if I didn't have that hour a day, I do 15 minutes, but at least I did something. Mm-hmm. And I found as well. So a lot of times you're afraid to give yourself that break. So for me, I had to go this year because it was postponed with COVID. I went to actually California and Hawaii to help move my daughter in. We visited my son in California, but the entire month, I only re- I only posted six new pieces of content. And one of those included my uh, my monthly income report. Income report. Yeah. <laughs> so really, it was five posts that were new. Everything else, I think it was 23, were all rewrite and repost. And to be honest, my sessions still went up the 5,000. And my income and my affiliates, I think because of the traction I was getting, right. actually increased. Well, but it so, helped though, because yes. of the rewrite and repost, you were, you were making sure those links were fresh mm-hmm. and that people were, you know, clicking on them and, and going to nowhere. So right. at least they, it was relevant and that is so relevant to do. Right. So for that month that I really almost gave myself a break and really wasn't putting out new content, it actually didn't even hurt my traffic and my revenue. So I think that that's something to note too, that you're always like, you know, grinding, grinding and hustling. And sometimes it's okay to give yourself a break to be able to travel or spend time with family or in your case, you had an emergency and, you know, and, and realizing that sometimes there's a book called do less. Yeah. And literally it talks about how, when she got pregnant and she actually had less time and did less, she actually made more because you're giving yourself that break. So the days that I'm working from nine o'clock to nine o'clock at night, I'm actually so tired by the end that it's really not productive. It would be way more productive for me to just stop and go to bed early and be fresh and have more energy instead of pushing. But again, that's a struggle and I'm working on that. Right. I know I really, you know, I try to end my, my time at, you know, I'll come home six, seven o'clock. I I may start a you know, re, uh, writing something or rewriting and reposting or doing new content. You know, a lot of my stuff is DIY. So I might be working on some projects, but by nine, 10 o'clock at night, I have to be done because I, you know, 
I need to be fresh. And I think mm-hmm. in the creative, you know, it's not also just the, the mechanics of writing, but, you know, sometimes as creatives, you just have to think, you have to give you that, that mm-hmm. moment to think. Um, and I think what's helpful for us too, is to keep notebooks. Nicole and yeah. I both keep notebooks. We are always are writing down um, ideas or ideas for new blog posts, mm-hmm. uh, ideas of just some creative uh, projects. Um, and we always keep our personal uh, notebooks with us mm-hmm. so that at any moment you have a thought, you can write it down. Mm-hmm. And it's really being disciplined and holding yourself accountable, which is not the easiest thing no. to do. And you know, the point of this whole conversation is basically that if you're struggling and you're trying to find the time that you're not alone. No, you're not alone. And uh, if you've, if you're listening to this and you've started your, your website or your, your blog post, congratulations, because it is not an easy place mm-hmm. to even get and it's to. Not easy. <laughs> and don't let anybody make you feel like it is, or that, you're not doing hard work because you are. And we just want to let everybody know that we understand and we (laughs) commend you for putting in the extra time and effort. Right. Well, because think about it, when you're starting this, you, you are one man show, you are doing everything. Mm -hmm. You're maintaining your website, you're writing your post. you're coming up the creative, uh, you know, materials, you're doing SEO, you're doing at the moment, I'm trying to get through a site speed course, because it's super important to me that I want my site to be fast, because it's all that back end information. And I, you know, I got to find the time to get through this course. And it's a struggle. No, listen, we're creatives, we we find it hard to to be those analytical minds to do it. But we find the discipline to do that because you have to it, force yourself. It's, Even it's important. You don't want to do it. You have to force yourself to do it. Right. Um, and we found ourselves in a great place. Uh, you know, I think we've, we've mentioned, um, uh, not, um, Grayson. Yeah. Grayson Bell. That's the site speed course yeah. that I'm taking. But if you do his free course, and I think we mentioned it on one of our, our previous podcasts, there's a, Facebook group. there's a Facebook group. And I have to tell you, it's been invaluable right. because if you are blogging on WordPress, it is a great community. He is an expert. He will answer your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great community. You can uh, really I think search it's called for blogging on WordPress. Yeah, it's great. And it's, uh, but you can only get to it by doing his free course, which you would need anyway. Right. So it's just a recommendation uh, that there's a community out there mm-hmm. and so that you're not alone in doing it. Yeah. This. And you can literally just go onto Facebook, not look at anything else. Again, it's a discipline. <laughs> Type in up at the search, his group, and just get right direct there so that you're not distracted by Facebook. Right. Again, that's because it's lonely. Blogging is lonely at times. And I don't know if I would have even been a year into it without Nicole. Yeah. You need a support. Yeah. To have your mastermind group of (laughs) three people, two to three people that you just can bounce ideas and who are going through the same struggle as you, because then you're not alone. Yeah. It can be very lonely. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you were inspired by our design journey. We are so excited to share our process, design tips, and what we're learning along the way. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much if you would rate and review it. Thanks again and have a fabulous day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.